Welcome to the Maritime Vision Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Rioli. In each episode, we bring you exclusive interviews with maritime professionals, industry experts, and students. Our guests come from different backgrounds, including shipping, yachting, offshore, supply chain, and more. Our goal is to give you all the knowledge you need to succeed in the maritime industry. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Maritime Vision Podcast. Today we are joined by Gina. Welcome Gina, it's a pleasure to have you in this podcast episode. Can you maybe introduce yourself please? Hi, Paul Lewis. It's a pleasure to be here. I absolutely uh, love this initiative, well done, and I love your title too, Maritime Vision. <laughs> it's very important <laughs> for our industry. Um, so yeah, about me, uh, I'm Gina Panayotu. I'm an ESG and communication strategist. My background is in maritime law. Uh, I car I'm currently the ESG manager at West of England, the PNI Club. And I'm also the Secretary of Worcester UK. Uh, I think we're going to talk about that a bit more later in today's episode. So that's me in a nutshell. Very interesting. Nice. So, uh, you know, I was quite surprised when I checked your profile because uh, I've seen in the title like ESG. ESG, yes. I think it, for me it's not a very common term. Uh, I, first of all, before you introduce what is it, can you say wh why did you have this interest about it, about sustainability on all... Uh, according to sustainability yeah so this is a, an interesting one uh, last week my mom actually found this old stuff of mine from school and in high school I had written an essay of what humans are doing to the planet this was many years ago so maybe it was a bit by default in my personality but um, what happened so I started my career in maritime um, around 12 years ago I joined the shipowning organization because my background is maritime law as the legal manager. And I was very involved with their environmental policy side, complying with regulations, flag state, port state. So most of my work was around um, environmental policy and policy that had to do with making our industry safer, better. Mm. Um, in the meantime, I was also quite passionate about uh, crew well-being and seafarers. It was a great learning curve for me joining a ship owner because I had, you know, face-to-face uh, -face interactions with these people. Um, I've also got close friends who are, have either gone to sea or um, are still at sea, actually. So it was quite close to my heart. And pretty soon in my career, I also got involved with WISTA, the Women's International Shipping Association, because... It's a very male-dominated industry. That comes as no surprise. Uh, so when I discovered this association, it was uh, fantastic for me. So um, advocating for gender equality was also a big thing. Uh, and I mentioned it a bit before we tuned into the podcast. I also created my podcast to educate the young people of the industry, get them to know what we do, because I felt nobody really knew what we were doing. Um, so when ESG came out as a term, it kind of tied all my passions together, I guess, the environmental aspect, the well-being of people, youth attracting talent, gender equality and governance side. Uh, so I've been now in this field for around six years. So before it was even a buzzword in the industry. And mm. yeah, I just feel it just brought all my interests together and why I really feel it's such a huge opportunity for the maritime industry. Okay. Very interesting. So uh, to define what is ESG, I mean, environmental, is everything about sustainability, but the green aspect of sustainability. Social, it's about people. On governance, what is it? 
Um, I'll break it down a bit because it's a lot of people get it wrong, so they think that the S of the ESG is sustainability, but that's not the case. So, sustainability okay, okay. is the overall umbrella of what you need to be doing as an organization, as a government, government, um, to be sustainable in the future, right? And that includes the three elements of ESG. So E is the environmental aspect, and that's the environmental sustainability of decarbonizing our industry, which is a big mm -hmm. thing. So what fuel are we using? How we're we building our fleet? How we're we making them more efficient? Um, think, but that also includes things that are a bit forgotten, like ocean health and under under noise uh, water pollution. Uh, plastics in the ocean, oil spills. So anything that has to do with the environment, with the ocean, with air quality, that falls under the E. Uh, the social aspect of it, so that's S, it's not sustainability, it's social, has to do with a wide range of things, mainly focus on human rights, obviously across mm. our supply chain, how we are treating our people, the well-being of our people both in office and um, when it comes to maritime, of course, a big thing is crew, welfare, uh, their physical safety, their mental well-being, etc. Uh, and as I mentioned earlier, things like gender equality, generally making the, the workplace more diverse, more inclusive, attracting talent. So uh, um, charity partnerships would also fall under S, for example. So anything you're doing for the community, for your people, falls under the social pillar. And then governance, so not government, it's governance, um, has to do with compliance. So the regulations that are, are mm. in place, the frameworks that are in place to, to facilitate this transition of the environment uh, and what we need to comply with to get to that destination, basically. So that's where the governance falls in and what it is. It, it's more the regulatory compliance, things like transparency, accountability uh, and reporting standards. Okay, very interesting. So uh, you are like a strategist uh, currently. Uh, can you uh, explain what is your mission? Uh, my mission is to get the industry to understand that it's one of the best opportunities uh, that exists. I say this a lot because I think a big problem that we have in maritime is that uh, people outside our industry tend to think we're one of the most polluting industries of the world mm. or they don't know what we do at all. We are not one of the most polluting industries in, of the world. In fact, we're one of the we're the most environmentally uh, friendly means of seaborne transport. We're responsible as an industry for carrying almost 90% of the goods that are around us. Basically, we make the world go round, as I like to use, to frequently say. Um, but we've also got this huge opportunity because we're so international, because we interact with so many ports, with so many communities, there's so many stakeholders involved across our supply chain. Uh, we have a great opportunity here in our hands and a power to really make a positive impact through this whole uh, infrastructure that maritime and this, we can really amplify that effect. It's not just about decarbonizing, we can do so much more. Uh, so my mission is to help uh, companies understand that it's not so complicated. It's just about prioritizing and what you've already been doing. So good owners have already been doing it. Good ship owners have already been doing ESG for many years. We're one of the most highly regulated industry, right, when it comes to safety, environment. Uh, and that's something people don't, don't frequently know. Um, so I think I'm on a mission to help companies understand it can be a simple process. Yes, there are complexities on uh, what fuel we're going to be choosing, what technologies we're going to be adopting, and there's a cost in that. 
but beyond that there's so much that we can do and we, we it's really is uh just getting the right people in that understand and can help you um, navigate through that journey quite simply without complicating things. I'm very big on this because having the having been blessed to join the industry uh, from an owner, you understand uh, that what they're really doing. So their role is to transfer goods from one thing, one place mm. to another. So you should be there to support them and not complicate things. And that's what my mission is to simplify ESG, to make it approachable, relatable, and just through it, rewrite the whole narrative of maritime and subsequently continue attracting and retaining talent. Wow. So, I mean, you have so many stuff to do, uh, always busy, because um, do you need to specialize on one of uh, each of, uh, for example, the environmental aspect, uh, social aspect or governance aspect, or you can be quite wide and try to, because everything is linked together? Um, everything is very linked together. I never separate them because in a simple example, to reach those environmental goals, we need innovation, right? Um, mm. we, the only way we can do it is through innovation and new technologies to innovate. Then you need the social element and the people and the talent and attracting the right people on board. Also gender equality. I mean, you can't be excluding people because of their sex or because of their sexual preference. So you need to be including everybody. You need the best minds from this talent pool. Uh, and then you need regulation that can really facilitate this journey because if it's unregulated, it's chaos. And in fact, yeah. we saw from COP last week, even though shipping was not directly in the agreement uh, that was drafted, there was an event hosted by the International Chamber of Shipping. And we saw there that even the private sector was saying we need more regulation. So they actually need more clarity uh, and more guidance. And that makes sense. So to answer your question... I I wouldn't separate them. Clearly, there are some priorities on the environmental front because of the deadlines, uh, but you need all three pillars to be working well with each other to reach uh, any one of them, in fact. Okay, okay, okay. Very interesting to know. Um, can you share, like, successful cases, like, of uh, ESG initiatives uh, you, you, you've seen in your career or you, you do it by yourself? Um, success cases of ESG initiatives. So I think a big success case on the gender equality uh, would, of course, be wisdom. Maybe I'm being a bit biased here, but also, yeah. uh, and I think we're covering this later, so I won't go into too much detail. Uh, but also the IMO becoming a very big advocate of, uh, over the past few years on gender equality. There were campaigns about it. There was a lot uh, of effort and funding going into funding females coming into the industry. And that's obviously a huge um, success in respect to ESG. Uh, then we're seeing a lot of associations that are trying to work, especially on the decarbonization uh, part, such as the Global Maritime Forum, which I think are doing a fantastic uh, job. Uh, on mm -hmm. the overall diversity, there's um, initiatives like uh, the Diversity Study Group, which is quite trying to understand a bit better how we can become more diverse uh, as an industry. There's also, there's a, really is a number of associations um, that are working, I wouldn't like to name and 
like I, I try not to name any because there's so many and I don't want to leave others behind, but there's a lot of yeah. NGOs also working on research on specific type of fuels like methanol, for example, or wind energy. So that we're seeing quite a few initiatives on that front. And then there are quite a few trailblazing um, private sector companies that are taking the risks and putting their money into trying out new technologies with the fleet. And again, I would prefer not to name them because I might leave somebody behind. And yeah, sure. but, um, <laughs> if you follow uh, the Maritime News, you see that there are companies out there that are taking the lead. They're saying, okay, we're going to risk trying out this technology. Um, so they're really doing a fantastic job in that respect. Nice, yeah. I think yes. The I've seen, I've noticed since I, I get into this industry, the, we have so many different organizations. As you said, Wista, we have Young Sheep for young people, for women. But of course, we have others. Um, you know, organization who build this uh, ammoniac vessel. I, of course, I won't say name because, as you mentioned, <laughs> we will have forgot many of them. But yeah, I think we have one of the industry who take so many. Try to we have not we are not so big in terms of visibility. But we do it. We're doing like so many stuff to improve uh, all these uh, ESG uh, uh, strategies. We're not very big, but we're a very passionate industry. Um, I think that we're not very big visibility-wise, and that's mainly because of our uh, lack of not doing proper PR and telling and sharing our narrative yeah. with the world. Uh, but in fact, as I mentioned earlier, we have so much power uh, beyond just decarbonizing as a sector because we're so international and global. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, but what are the current challenges we have uh, in your daily jobs? I mean, something which, which is hard on, it's like a big obstacle to implement all those strategies. I would say uh, the biggest challenge that we have is because... So on the one side, I said the positives of being so diverse and having so many stakeholders and the, the effect that we can have if we get this right. On the other hand, having so many, uh, even if we only take the types of ships, right? There are so many in the world, we couldn't really list them at the moment. It's not the same as aviation. With this. There are a lot of type of air aircrafts, but you can probably make a list of them. So with shipping, it will be very different and a very individual journey for every ship owner on how they apply, uh, firstly, decarbonization, but their overall ESG strategy. Uh, so there's not there's not a one size fits all. Um, and it's a very challenging landscape in that respect to get the recipe right. So you, you need to have a good understanding of uh, the baseline, but then you have to adopt it to your individual kind of company needs. Uh, so and even governmental needs. So there's a lot, of course, of scrutiny on the IMO and how quickly it's moving. But it has to do with 175 different states who all have very different priorities on their agenda. So that's a challenge for us um, there. Yeah. Um, then the second challenge that I see uh, is uh, the mindset in leadership. So we are we have primarily always been quite a traditional industry. Mm um so that makes it a bit more difficult to be adventurous uh, and yeah. risk and take new risks um we do have great business people don't get me wrong but um obviously uh, generations grow up very differently so we are seeing i think that's a problem that i'm seeing and i'm facing is that we're quite conservative we need to understand something very well to proceed and 
that something slows down some sometimes sorry slows down things right because we can't wait at the moment um mm. And the third one that I would say, and you hear me say it always, we, we're very concerned about what the fuel of the future is, but attracting talent is the main mm -hmm. one for me. If people don't know what we're doing, what a fascinating industry we are, um, they won't really know what are the career opportunities and prospects that they can really have a very exciting and fulfilling career in this sector. And you can probably bring any passion that you have into this sector and how it's evolving. Uh, so getting our message out there, I think it's so we really need to fix our communications uh, strategy yeah. there because um, even if we discover tomorrow what the fuel of the future is, if nobody wants to work for you in 10 years, uh, then we're not really going anywhere. That's completely true. And what, what, what can you say about how individuals in the industry can, what can they do to, you know, to have impact in the industry uh, regarding uh, improving the industry? I mean, uh, like, what kind of advices and tips you want to give? I think it's very important. If we're talking on a personal level, like things like what are you, what you're doing here, and I've already said, you know, um, well done on this initiative, are so important because we need to see young people who are taking the stage. They're advocating for us. They're our advocates. We need to see older people doing that in the industry. It's not just the young generation. We're all an ambassador of this sector, and we're really good at talking between ourselves. But we're not very good at sharing that message beyond uh, the shipping industry. So I think on a personal level, um, I'm very big on using tools like LinkedIn, for example, um, to be sharing that message, helping people understand, yeah. simplifying that message, making it relatable. Um, so using personally your LinkedIn as a tool, it's fantastic. Things like this podcast and trying to have a greater outreach beyond the maritime sector. Um, and also I do try and get involved with the universities and schools because clearly it starts from the schools. We should be, you know, making people aware that there is this industry out there that you can be a part of and it can be, you know, very exciting, a very exciting uh, journey. Uh, so I think in that respect, on a personal level, your your personal brand and being an ambassador for this sector is mm. so important. Um, and then from a company side, I think they need to be a bit more creative and open-minded and willing to mm. share their inspiring stories, really taking control of our narrative. Um, and you know what? I think one of the positives maybe of COVID, the very few, Mm. It was that shipping managed to get a bit of the spotlight, right, with what was going on. Yeah. But it also showcased why to companies and to government, sorry, we need to be telling that story, right? Because we had to wait until a pandemic to be launching a campaign and advocating that a seafarer was a key worker. Whereas we talk about um, teachers, nurses, uh, store workers, they were key workers and we all understood that. But nobody thought about, okay, who brings that medicine, though, to your country? Who brings those groceries to your country? So why did our industry have mm. to launch a campaign which didn't even, well, reached less than half the countries to accept them as key workers? That that was mainly because we're not communicating our narrative correctly. So that's, that's a big thing for me on both personal. We can all do that with our personal um, advocacy, but also companies need to step up. 
Nice. It's a good transition to the second topic about branding. First of all, I've seen you uh, can notice that your LinkedIn profile is quite, uh, I mean, you take care of it. We, we, we can see it. Uh, congrats for this. I mean, it's, it shows that what you say, it's uh, you, you try to do it because you're, you're, you are branding yourself like in a good way, in my opinion. So why this, why do you think, do you think that everyone should take care of his, his like personal image in the industry? Absolutely. It's so important. It's been such a useful tool for me in my career going forward. And um, I say this for two reasons. So one, personally, especially young people, I encourage them to do it because it sets you apart. If you're applying for a job and the competition may or may not be high, people will look into you. And if they see that you're interested in content, you're active on your profile, you've got a well, you know, presented profile where, where you've you're quite clear on, you know, what you want to be doing, what your interests are, and you're share, ideally also sharing content. Um, I think it really does set you apart. So it shows mm. that you're very interested in it. You're into the industry, basically. Yeah. You're, you're interested yeah. in it. Uh, and you're aware, you're reading about it. So that's important. Uh, for professionals generally, also it's so important because um, it's an opportunity for one, to build your network and for people to know what you do. It opens up opportunity, further opportunities for for exposure, uh, business opportunities. Uh, people will find you, know what you're talking about, associate your name with something. So that's very important. Uh, but also, it's very important for what I said earlier. So people like me sharing and hopefully maybe even inspiring the younger people, which Sometimes I get messages and it's quite humbling and beautiful and why I do it, I think, um, that say, oh, we didn't really know shipping was about this or we didn't really know about this and it's great to see. And uh, obviously also as a female, I get messages from uh, female students who are like, mm. it's, it was so fantastic to see that there's females in this uh, yeah. audience and in this room and um, also when I talk at conferences. So I think it's quite important if you're not doing it for you, because sometimes I get people saying, I don't want to be bragging. I don't want to be saying what I'm doing on it. Uh, mostly women, I'll admit, they're very, very um, reluctant to share their achievements. Uh, I say, okay, there's a way of doing it. There's a way that sounds like bragging. You can look into it. There's lots of free tools or drop me a message and I'll send you some key tips. Um but even if other people think you're bragging, you know, if you've got if you've reached two female students and you've inspired them to come into the industry and give more of themselves, I mean, I think that's a definitely worth the trade-off there. So um, if you're not doing it for you and your professional development, do it for the next generations that are, are, are following. Yes, yeah, sure. To give to give example to new newcomer. Um and now more about the companies itself on the again a link to SG about the branding of a company especially regarding sustainability effort what can you say about it on oh yeah I mean I think you can elaborate on it yeah this is actually quite an important one I'm glad you included the question um I think why I say I do ESG and communications and I tie them together, they go hand in hand. It's not enough to be doing lots of good things. You also need to be sharing it and you need to be sharing it uh, 
not because only you're making your brand stronger, but you're also inspiring other people of this industry. Mm. So, for example, if we're seeing what an owner is building, what kind of fleet they're building or how they're dealing with their crew, what they're putting in place for crew welfare, um, how they're helping, uh, you know, different ESG pillars and strengthening them and sharing those stories, those are so important because... We learn from each other. We get inspired from each other. So companies really need to be make sure that, you know, they're, they're also putting out their message. They're not just doing the good things. Um, but what's important to note here is that obviously with things like greenwashing, uh, where you're over, um, over promising or you're presenting something that isn't quite true and you're making a green statement, um, it, it's very important there to be very careful with what you're saying, how yeah. you're saying it. Uh, to be quite transparent, you can also be quite honest, you know, uh, even if you're not, you haven't reached a level where ideally you should be. It's important, I think, to own up to that, to say what you can be doing. So being more visible, more transparent in this new age where, our, you know, our shareholders are the new generation. Uh, the people who are, will be sitting in our board in a couple of years are people who care about what we're doing, about the environment. Mm. Um, and companies really need to take that in mind and be more more open about exactly what they're doing because we see people will ask, so why would they work for you if you're not using your branding um, to promote the good initiatives that you're following if you're not interested yeah. in ESG? So it's quite important there to make sure you've got a very good uh, ESG brand also in, alongside your communications because it touched on a lot of elements, just obviously approaching it with care, making sure you're accurate, you know what you're saying, um, you're being very honest in your communications, uh, but also owing that narrative. Okay. On what kind of concrete actions uh, those companies can take uh, in order you know, to... Uh, to communicate on, on their like uh, sustainability because you know I, I know a lot of companies in the maritime industry uh, who try to you know make effort uh, towards uh, sustainability but they don't know how to communicate about it yeah that's a difficult one because it, it needs a proper communication plan so just as you put down a, a plan with your marketing or communications uh, team on new products that you want to launch for example you need to sit down and say okay we also need to be conveying and be creative about the message that we're sharing when it comes to ESG. So, for example, if you've just adopted your sustainability development goals, which ones you're going to be complying with, start sharing messages, case studies that prove that you are working in that direction. Um, quite, uh, sharing also real stories is important. Uh, I mean, some examples would be if you've got any really good charity pack partnerships. So, at West... Mm. Uh, one of our charity partnerships is with the National Oceanography Center, which where we sponsor a bursary program for a young uh, scientist to go out at sea with them. Uh, and that's quite important also, you know, to the industry and us as shipping being the users of the ocean to support that. So we try to put also content in respect to that and what we're doing with that because it's educational, it's green, it has to do with um, ocean health. So I think looking at your overall picture, using your ESG reports and your ESG strategy as a roadmap on what you want to be doing and actually creating a communications plan um, of what you will be yeah. sharing on your social, even which yeah. conference you should be attending um, and what, how you can use your marketing efforts to amplify this effect. 
Ok, ok, very interesting. Ok, nice. Um, now, still, uh, it's about ESG, but it's more about this organization, Wista. Uh, can you mm. tell us a little bit more about it? Uh, what is it and what, uh, what, what are the mission of Wista? Yeah, with pleasure. <laughs> um, so I'm a very proud Wista member since the very first days that I joined the industry. Wista is the Women's International Shipping and Trading Association. Mm. That's the acronym. It started 49 years ago in a pub here in London, where seven oh. women met, uh, yeah, met and decided they wanted to change the status quo of the industry and see more women and do business with more women in the sector. Um, so they set out to empower the female community. And today, yeah, 49 years down the line, we've got 56 national associations around the world. So it's in 56 countries. Around 4,000 women globally who are members. Um, and what we do basically is we've built a community where we lobby for more gender equality. Mm -hmm. WISTA internationally has a consultative status at the International Maritime Organization, so they get involved with any diversity, gender equality projects. Um, we do uh, the different WISTAs around the world do trainings, do networking, do soft skills trainings. Um, there are, it's also a platform in the UK, for example, we're very big. So, yeah, the national associations try and do networking events, they do trainings, the soft skill trainings, technical trainings. But in the UK, we're also very big on supporting students, cadets. So we've got very minimal, mm. we've minimized the fee um, for them. It's like very symbolic. And they can join us and get to meet people, network. So it's a huge opportunity to support uh, females coming into the industry and hopefully uh, inspire them. Nice. And uh, you are like a secretary. What is the, the, this role of secretary of WISTA? Um, so uh, secretary is, uh, so the board structure in most countries is you've got a president, our president is Monica Gochli, uh, and I'm then, then follows the secretary who is more responsible for the legalities of the association. So attending to our AGM every year, uh, stuff that have to do with uh, our members, any legal processes in that respect. However, because we're quite, you know, a small board, it's a voluntary um, association, we are very hands-on on other things, so I'm also quite involved with events, with some of our events. We hosted a really uh, big event during London International Shipping Week, which was a huge success. Last week, we also had a black tie event, which was fundraising for a female cadet. Uh, mm. So we get involved with quite a lot of things, but as secretary, what my role uh, primarily is, is to attend to the legalities of the association. Okay. Okay. Nice. How, how do you see the, I mean, uh, because of course the, we still have a lot of, uh, it's a male dominated industry, as you know, uh, but do you see like, it, do you think it will, it will change to mixed industry or it will, it will be very long term to achieve this goal? This is a tricky one. So we've made great improvements in raising awareness. When it comes to women on board and women in C-suite positions, we're still way behind. I mean, you can mm. see this in most conferences. Uh, the people who are in C-suite are rarely women. It's improving. I think we will eventually get there. I don't see it in the short term. Uh, but I think we will see a huge change over the next, uh, let's say, 
I'll say around seven years to 10 years, I think we will be seeing a great change because this is there is this push and with ESG and the reporting standards, you actually have to report as a company on the gender balance in your C-suite, so not just across the organization. So I think that's going to help give it a, a push. Um, and interestingly, this year we also saw um, a loan for a ship from a bank for shipping Good. that was related to gender equality targets where the company actually voluntarily entered into this arrangement. So, you know, if there's a push from society, if there's a push from le- push from legislators, from financiers, uh, and we're also working on empowering the women to be in this position um, and giving them the space to grow, uh, we will be seeing, I think, at some point, uh, we will be breaching that gap at some point. Yeah, I wish, I wish for sure, yeah. It it should be, uh, it should be uh, in the upcoming uh, years, uh, we, we should see... Uh, evolution of it hopefully and uh, now i want to ask you uh, more about you know uh, giving advices for young people women in the industry what kind of tips can you give them to succeed in the maritime industry i think we've touched a bit upon it in different questions so the number yeah. one i would say that's very important is you know firstly make sure you're very passionate about it if you're not it's probably not the right industry for you to succeed in because uh, it's not it's a challenging industry uh, the second thing I would say, networking is key. So move out of your comfort zone. It's what will, it's the people that you know who, one, you will learn from, which is the most important thing. And secondly, who will that will set you apart. So knowing, you know, who you can talk to for what and, and building your own network. That includes the personal branding. Again, I'm big on that. Um, and then I would say uh, the key thing, and this applies beyond maritime to all industries, Uh, I think personally, hard work and professionalism are always a key to success Um, because I do, from my experience at least and having interacted with different youth associations, etc., you'll see the people who are very interested and keen in just being visible and sitting in different boards and they're not really willing to put in the hard work. They think Mm. that, you know, it's, uh, it's owed to them. They're quite privileged and they should be there. Uh, and then you see the people who are really putting it, who are passionate, they care, they want to make change, they want to see a better shipping industry uh, from the environment side, from the crew welfare side. Uh, so those people are definitely going to be the ones who are going to be succeeding going for, for, forward and in the long term. Nice. Yeah. Thank you for the, all those tips. I think it will help uh, many people. Uh, I want to ask you the last question. Can you share any anecdotes uh, story uh, you you had during your your journey in the maritime industry wow this was a surprise question you should have i yeah. think prepared yeah, it was not it was about, not on the list sorry <laughs> to think about what uh funny stories uh funny in what respect i mean i have quite a, a few um i say maybe i'll say from a gender equality part and why would people tell me it's not a thing. <laughs> it is a thing. And, you know, I've experienced it on numerous occasions where I've had, um, I wanted to evolve to a more commercial role and somebody once told me, uh, but you can't do that because you can't take the, mm. the clients to strip clubs. <laughs> oh, wow. Yes. 
<laughs> so yes. I think that was quite funny, but also a bit worrying at the time. And, uh, you know, first of all, the assumption that that's the only way you can close deals is quite interesting. But also, you know, why would you say, you know, if you're a woman, uh, they limit you to what you what you can do and what you can't do. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's it exists, but I think we're improving. Um. I can't think of anything else on the top of my head. <laughs> it's fine. I think it's fine. quite a few funny things along, um, yeah, along the lines of my of my career. It was a good one, this one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So thank yeah, you, Gina. Thank you. You you bring a lot of values. You help many people to understand ESG. What is it? Because I think it's quite important. It will be more and more important. And mm-hmm. you help like women to to know more about uh, with stuff, or you know, because you are still people hesitating joining this kind of organization. Even myself, when I wanted to join Young Ship, I was quite hesitated at at the beginning. Say, oh, but I know no one. Uh, I, I it will be because you need to socialize. So sometimes it's not easy. So thank you to bring us like some insight about it. And I wish you, of course, all the best in the maritime industry, Gina. Thank you. Likewise, keep up the amazing work. And I'm sure you're definitely one of the young leaders of tomorrow. So thanks for hosting me. Thank you, Gina. Have a nice day and happy Christmas. You too. (laughs) Bye-bye. Thank you for listening and watching this episode. We are looking forward to bring you more insights from maritime professionals, experts and students. Do not hesitate to follow the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or YouTube. Your support means a lot to us and helps us to bring you more content.